Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Welcome to Whenua Ho. So this is Whenua Ho, or Codfish Island, and it's just about 3k off the coast of the north west tip of Rakiura, Stewart Island and from our vantage point at the moment we can just peer through the trees and see the beautiful coastline of Rakiura stretching way down to the south. We can just hear the first of the males booming just below us. I think that's bonus. Kia ora and welcome to Voice of the Kakapo. An audio adventure from RNZ with me, Alison Balance. In part one, we heard about the night parrot and its relationship with the rimu tree. In part two, Whenua Ho, Kākāpō Island, we go to the south of Aotearoa, New Zealand, and we are welcomed to Whenua Ho, Codfish Island by Tane Davis from Naitahu. Uh, kia ora tātou, uh, nō mai haere mai, uh, hoki mai e ki te motu ne. No my hide my kia koto katoa. Ite motu fino waho. Ko poki ho e te moanga. Ko waitunu te awa. Ko waikoro pupu e te fata. Ko te moana kiwa de te moana. Te ihi te wehi te mana. O te iwi a waitaha o kate mamo e o kaitaho. No reda. Ina po in ikonei. It's a po or the nehira, it's a po or the homi, it's a po or the ho. Norera, itu, itu, itu mai ina po. Norera o tata, tenera koto, tena koto kato. Kyoto tata. So, Finua Ho, uh, the highest peak is Pukiho. The awa, the river, the creek, is Waituna. We look at it out here at Waikoro Pupu which is the fata, which is the landing place of our tūpuna. Waikoro Pupu is, is known as a place of the, the boiling sea. So the sea itself, of course, is Te Moana Kiwa, the pathway of the whales. And then we talk about the connection of the iwi that are to this place, which is Waitaha and Kāti Māmo and Kaitaha. And we must not forget, too, of course, that big motu over there, which is Rakiura. So Kākāpō were transferred here from Rakiura in the late 1980s. Deidre Verko leads the Kākāpō recovery program at the Department of Conservation. It's a crazy story. The birds got down to a, to a low of about 50 birds. And over a decade they were removed from Rakiura and transferred to safe havens like here, Whenua Ho. Uh, also Hauturu, or Little Barrier, in the north. But every single bird that was found was, was transferred out of its last known habitat to these safe islands and that's really where the program began and the population has built from there. I joined the team in 2002 and there were 86 birds at the time and now we have 147. It's taken two decades to get the Kākāpō population from 50 to nearly 150 and it wouldn't have happened on its own. It's taken people many dedicated people 
as well as surveillance technology such as smart transmitters and activity trackers, to get to the stage where there are now kākāpō on three islands, Whenuahau, Hauturu and Anchor Island, Pokenui in Fiordland. Now, let's go back to 2018, when kākāpō scientist Andrew Digby was keeping a close eye on tiny fruit developing high up in the rimu trees. The middle of 2018, we knew that there was going to be a big breeding season coming up in 2019. We knew that there was lots of fruit on the trees, lots of rimu fruit. It was the biggest mast that we'd ever seen. It's probably the biggest mast for half a century or maybe even more in this part of New Zealand. So we were gearing up for every female or nearly every female to breed and we knew there was about 50 breeding females and so we were expecting maybe up to 150 eggs and if we were being optimistic everything went well we think maybe we might end up with 50 chicks out of that breeding season kind of not daring to sort of say that out too loud too much but um, that was what we we're really hoping for as a best case scenario so we were busy and we were prepared and then October, November and December are the months in which we start to get a, an estimate of the timing of the breeding. It's in relation to the temperature averages throughout those months. And so the temperature data started to come in. And by the end of November, mid-December, we thought we were in for a, a medium, maybe later breeding season. We were expecting breeding to kick off probably around mid-January. Spurred on by masses of unripe rimu fruit, the male kākāpō began to boom. I think they all started quite early in December, which is normal for a good breeding season. So you still can't tell a lot from booming in December other than that, well, they, if they start early in December, that's a really good sign. Daryl Eason is a long-standing member of the kākāpō team. The weather was certainly warming up in December, so that was interesting, but I didn't know what to expect from it. And then we all went away for our Christmas holidays. <laughs> and a few days into that, we got the first mating, <laughs> which was a bit of a shock. That was the 17th and 18th of December. That was here on Whenuaho, that was Pearl. And so that was okay, we had one female who had mated quite early and after a week we still had no more females mating and we thought okay we can manage this but Christmas Eve they all started <laughs> so yeah between Christmas and New Year's there were a lot of phone calls a lot of discussion and a lot of plans being remade really and brought forward and just yeah got straight into it really Good morning Andrew Morning Now I like the fact that the first thing you've done this morning is go straight to your computer and start downloading some information. Yeah, that's, this is just checking the information from the smart transmitters, which is transmitted over the data network to see what happened up on the hill on Fenoho last night and on Anchor too. And what happened? Did anything happen? Um, I'm just checking at the moment and it looks like actually yesterday morning, late yesterday morning, Aranga mated with Guapo. So that's cool. Another mating for Fenoho. Sometimes they mate two or three times, and that might be two to three days apart. And after the final mating, they usually lay the first egg six to nine days later, and then they lay eggs at three-day intervals. So it is a long process just to lay the eggs. So if they're laying a clutch of 
four eggs, which several of them are this year, then that's that's nine days worth of laying. So we start collecting data of the female's activity from her transmitter and once we see her activity dropping and we can go in and check for a nest and any eggs and depending on what they're nesting in it might be a very deep cavity under a base of a tree under the hollow roots or in a hollow log you may be able to see that there's a nest in there but you can't see the eggs We're trying to find Hawkey's nest. Uh, we know from Hawkey's activity transmitter that she's nesting. Her activity has dropped right down to only about one hour of activity over 24 hours. So that's a real sign that she's nesting. And we've just found her signal. So um, after a little bit of searching, we know roughly where she is. So now we've got to find a place to go in off the track and try and bush bash and find her nest. So this is the kakapo equivalent of a needle in a haystack. It is, it is. It's a little bit of a treasure hunt too, hoping that we'll find a nice nest at the end of it. And we've all got some bits of equipment in our pack. What have you got to do once you find a nest? Yeah, so we've got the technology gear, what's called a nest snark. It's a proximity sensor and a data logger. Um, and we've got batteries and some electronic gear, which basically records the female's presence at the nest, tells us when she leaves, when she arrives, if there's any other kakapo near the nest, tells us all that remotely. It's transmitted over our data network. So from the hut, we can actually monitor what's happening at this nest. The hockey was the first of the birds to be hand-raised back in 1992 and she was raised at Auckland Zoo and she was kept in captivity for five years so the longest time any kakapo has been in captivity. I need to try and get the sensor into the nest cavity if I can but it's um, going to be a bit tricky because she'll be a bit stroppy. We do have some that are very feisty around nests. Hawkey for example is legendary in, in her fierceness uh, in the way that she protects her nest so you can't get within probably two or three metres of her nest without her running out to tell you that this is her space and you can leave, thank you very much. So they've all got their own personalities and their own ways. Hokey was being very defensive about her nest, wasn't she? She was being incredibly defensive. Other kakapo normally they might be indifferent with what the most you might get is a growl or something like that but yep she came right out of the nest and was trying to attack us which is um yeah it's pretty amazing to see him defend a nest like that but we were able to get the electronic stuff in the, the nest arc so um we should be able to tell remotely when she's off the nest and so we can come back when she's not here and set up all the equipment that we need to it sounds like the other team have been successful in finding Suzanne's nest as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that's two nests today. So that's great news. We don't know anything about eggs yet, but um, yep, we'll find out probably in the next few nights. You've been listening to Voice of the Kākāpō, Part 2, Whenua Hau, Kākāpō Island. We heard Deidre Verko, Andrew Digby and Daryl Eason from the Kākāpō Recovery Programme at the New Zealand Department of Conservation as well as Tane Davis from Naitahu. Voice of the Kākāpō was recorded and produced by me, Alison Balance, and mixed by Phil Benj at RNZ. You can find the podcast at rnz.co.nz or search for RNZ Kākāpō Files on your favourite podcast app. Next time in Part 3, nesting's in full swing, but it's not all good news. Bye for now. Mā wa. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.